You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. Where you'll get proven strategies to start and grow your online business from in the trenches digital entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurignited.com. Launch your online business. Live your dreams. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, a podcast that is just designed to skip the hype, skip all the fluff, BS, all that stuff, and give you real actionable tips and strategies from real digital entrepreneurs to help you grow your business on the internet. This is your host, Derek Gale, and today I'm going to be interviewing an incredible young entrepreneur who in 2013, in his mid-20s, started with zero, started with nothing, and launched Founder Magazine, which is a digital magazine for young entrepreneurs. And uh, today, his magazine is read by thousands of entrepreneurs worldwide. It's a uh, top 10 ranked business and investing magazine in the App Store and features interviews with some of the most accomplished entrepreneurs in the world. And we're talking about people like Ariana Huffington, Sir Richard Branson, Gary Vaynerchuk, Damon John, just to name a few. And uh, in addition to building this media empire, he's also a leading authority on Instagram and Instagram marketing and has built an audience of over 900,000 followers last I checked. Uh, So with these kind of results, I'm definitely going to be asking some questions there today. And uh, so without further ado, it's my pleasure and honor to welcome Nathan Chan to the show today. Nathan, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for the kind introduction, Derek. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Now, before we uh, before we get into the, the details, and I've got so many questions for you, but before we get into those, can you just expand on my introduction? I mean, so, you know, not that long ago, three years ago, you know, you're in your mid-20s, starting from zero, and here you are today. Walk us through that journey. What inspired you and, you know, how's it growing? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, sure thing, man. Um, So I started Founder actually on the side while I was working my day job. Um, Didn't start it, uh, you know, just go cold turkey because this is my first business. Um, So it all started... Um, we launched the company three and a half years ago, but before that there was a lot of, I guess, work towards, uh, mastery lessons towards mastery that was equipping me for the work that I was going to do today. And I still haven't even achieved anywhere near mastery, but I'm, I'm on my way. And, um, so long story short, I was working my day job in it support, uh, at a travel company and, I was really frustrated with my current situation, um, really didn't enjoy the work. I did uh, go back to uni, do a master's in marketing. No one would give me a job, which was really, really frustrating in marketing, um, even though I had a, a master's in marketing. And I, in the end, I was just like, you know what, um, you know, I think there's something here around uh, creating a, an entrepreneurial magazine. I, I stumbled across you know, the, the opportunity to publish my own magazine with um, this uh, off-the-shelf publishing software called Magcast. And then I thought, you know, what an incredible opportunity if I were to do a magazine. I think that would be, you know, just a digital magazine in and of itself was a good idea. And then I thought to myself, well, you know, what are my interests? Where is there a market that I could serve? And what is something that I could produce that people might be willing and interested to read and buy? And, um, you know, I stumbled across the fact that there wasn't any entrepreneurial magazines in the App Store or the Google Play Store or even for in terms of print targeting young and aspiring entrepreneurs. There wasn't really and still isn't to this day, um, you know, a, a, a brand that um, people can familiarize themselves with in terms of, you know, in targeting young people or aspiring or novice stage entrepreneurs, in particular young people. I know there's a lot of gurus out there and there's a lot of people that – um, can certainly teach you their method or system on how to start or build or grow or scale a business. But there wasn't really a brand that people could relate to. Um, now, that's kind of how Founder was born. Um, I didn't know if it would work. And, you know, I just said to myself, I'm going to start this um, just as a, a fun passion project on the side. And, uh, you know, three and a half years later, um, you know, we're a multi-million dollar company and uh, actually um, a million plus consumer content every month. Wow, a million plus. Congratulations. That's, that's fantastic. Three years. Yeah, well, thank you. 
Wow. Yeah, that, thank you. I mean, that's great. Now, I got a question for you. So, I mean, when you developed your magazine, you were targeting it towards young entrepreneurs. But uh, ha- have you now expanded across uh, more of the generations, if you will, and the age group? Because, I mean, I'm unfortunately no longer an, a young entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm 39. And so when I, when I first saw your magazine, and probably the first time I subscribed to it was when it was, I remember when you had a first couple issues out, because I was always looking for entrepreneurial magazines. And I remember your first few issues. And I went, wow, finally, something in, the, in here that's uh, uh, targeting entrepreneurs. And it really wasn't for me a about necessarily the young entrepreneurs, and and so it grabbed my attention. So I guess my question is: Is have you skewed past young, and now you're reaching a general audience, or is it still focused for young? Yeah, no, you you got it in one. Um, people do resonate, and this is a question that I've tackled with for quite a while. Derek, is do we remove the tagline um, because it can be intimidating to people? And we definitely do have an older style. Like we definitely do have not just young people in our audience or community, even people that, um, you know, join our membership site or, or anything like that, you know, they're definitely, um, you know, not um, maybe considered young. But, um, yeah, that's that's something that I've played with. And, you know, people do um, really assimilate with um, the brand, though, that are young. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky question. And mm-hmm. to be honest, um, I don't know the answer on what we should do, what the next steps are, um, um, whether we just remove that tagline or keep that tagline. Uh, but to answer your question, we definitely, definitely do um, have a lot of people that, you know, are in the 30, 40, I'm 30, you know, in the 40, 50, 60, 70, mm-hmm. you know, ages that uh, consume our content. And that's cool too. We definitely don't discriminate. And a lot of people, um, you know, uh, it's all good that, you know, the content is, is still relevant to them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now I, I would actually like to sort of dig a little bit into the, um, first of all, into the, the business of a digital magazine. Because I think there's a lot of gray area for people uh, when you look at digital magazines, because they're, they're a little bit off of what we would consider sort of a traditional information product, right? So, yeah, I, I, you know, I guess the question I have is when you first built it, now you kind of built it as, a, you know, sort of on the side, but did you have a vision for how you were going to turn it into a, a business? Was it going to be subscription revenue or ad revenue or a lead source to, you know, to, to drive your own business? And, and what you thought initially, has that changed at all? Yeah. So look, Derek, I had no idea. I didn't, <laughs> when I first started, I didn't even know what an info product was. <laughs> and, and I didn't even know that recurring revenue was really powerful. <laughs> and it has predictability to help build a sustainable business model. I didn't even know what those words meant, um, <laughs> which is really funny at the time. I just kind of uh, lucked out where I I knew that I didn't want to make the magazine free because I was in my day job and I knew that um, that having a subscription business model there was, you know, that can be, you know, have some predictability with it. So I knew that if I could see, okay, we made $80 in the first month, then we made 200 in the second, and it was constantly going up, I can see like, oh, okay, well, if we make, you know, X amount of dollars, um, this is our operating costs, and here's my salary that I pay myself, um, that I need to pay myself, then, you know, um, it's just a, a, a simple mathematical equation. I did know that. And, um, yeah, that's kind of what we started out still to this day, to be honest, we've never really done any advertising. Mm -hmm. So 40, 40% of our revenue is recurring across the magazine. And we've created this club, which is kind of like you could consider it maybe a membership site or, you know, in the info product world or, you know, in, in, you know, fast, we see it as like a premium, like a, a way to house premium content, um, and we, you can actually get the magazine. So we've bundled in the magazine so you can get that as well. Part of, you know, this premium package. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, 30, 40%, uh, 40%, at least 40% of our, uh, of our revenue is recurring from the magazine and the club. And then the rest of the revenue comes from courses, one-off courses. 
and that will continue to be the case. I'd like to have our recurring to be at least 50 to 60% of our revenue, um, and that's going to be a big focus for us definitely in 2017. Um, in terms of the business model, I didn't know um, what that would look like. I just literally worked it out along the way, Derek, and I was lucky enough to stumble across this resource, and it's an incredible resource um, for publishers called Mequota, M-E-Q-U-O-D-A. And what they do is they help struggling print publications um, with, uh, you know, uh, how to turn their business around because um, a lot of legacy print publications that have been around for, you know, 20, 30 years are struggling now that digital's come, not just from a digital magazine standpoint, but they don't have a blog, they don't have any, you know, quote unquote, digital information products or anything like that. And these guys help um, you know, these legacy print publications turn those businesses around and they put out so much free content on what it means to create a really sustainable, really, really strong, um, healthy, uh, you know, I guess m magazine publishing company or media company. And, um, I followed their model and, uh, that's, that's kind of, um, you know, I haven't paid them any money and haven't bought any of their products, but I've just read their stuff and it just makes sense. So mm -hmm. we have the magazine on the front end, you know, it's kind of a level entry, $2.99 a month or $21.99 a year. And that's, that's the kind of level entry face of the brand. And then on the back end, you know, we have our, you know, the core product is this founder club, which is our subscription base, you know, 50 to you know, 60, $70 a month. And then on the back end, we have courses as well. But 99% of our content is free. Uh, we have a lot of people that listen to our podcasts, hit up, the, you know, go to the website, you know, consume our content every month, read the magazine, and um, you know, have a quite a sizable email newsletter um, that's you know close to 300,000 now. And across all of that, you know, we have um, you know quite an amazing community and 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 us building in a reasonable size platform. And, um, you know, so the, so the goal I think for us now is to create more premium content, but at the same time, keep producing quality content at scale for free, whether mm -hmm. that's blog posts, podcasts, whatever. And, um, the business model I think will be to have the core product, uh, you know, some sort of recurring, um, and then, um, on the back end have do courses at scale taught by experts. So one thing I want to set up next year is, is having an office in LA and just getting in experts doing, you know, interviews. I won't do the interviews anymore. And, um, you know, getting someone doing video interviews, turning them into podcast interviews, live streaming them, creating courses, you know, doing profit shares with all sorts of experts and doing really high quality courses at scale to the point where once we have enough, you know, amazing courses on how to do X and it has to be evergreen, um, that we could bundle it all in to one day have some sort of, you know, founder plus or founder premium, mm -hmm. which we could charge, um, bundle it all in for a recurring. Uh, I think, I think that's the goal for the business model now. Um, but I never knew what to answer your question. I, I never knew what, what that would look like. All I literally knew was selfishly, um, that I wanted to create awesome content, want to build up this magazine to be able to leave my day job at first. That's, that, that's an awesome story. And I mean, you know, for all the entrepreneurs listening or for the people that are waiting to take that step, just know sometimes that when you start this journey, not everything's clear. But if you've never taken, if you never take that first step, it'll never become clear, right? So um, I think Nathan, what you did there is a, a good example for all the the new entrepreneurs that are going, oh, I don't know quite exactly how this is going to work yet. But as you move forward, it definitely becomes clear. Now, something I want to drill into a little bit here is you've you've kind of taken a different approach. So, I mean, I've always I've always been more in the let's call it the the uh, personality based brand, right? Mm. And now you've you've gone and you've built a uh, more of a not a guru, but a, a traditional you know brand founder. So you're building a company where people are connecting with this brand. Now, one of the questions I have is as you're creating the courses and the, the training that you're doing in the community and platform that you've created, are you uh, communicating with them as Nathan or is it the f founder brand that is communicating? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. And this is something that I struggle with, to be honest, Derek, um, and wrestle with all the time mm-hmm. because I don't want to make myself the product. Mm-hmm. And um, it's funny you ask this because I always – I like to ask people – you know, the answer to this solution, um, and because like I, I was, I was speaking to Michael Gerber, the um, the the guy that wrote the E Myth yesterday, and I said, "What should I do with this conundrum?" Um, so, long story short, to answer your question, for now, uh, depending depending on where people are or what they see. So, for example, we have an indoctrination series. So, if you sign up to our email list, um, you know, the founder of the company is telling you the the history, the, you know, giving you some of our best stuff and showing you, um, you know, some a good introduction to what we're all about and what we believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those emails come from me. But if it's a blog post, because I don't write any of the blog posts, it's uh, our, you know, content guy, JC. So, he sends out those emails. Um, we have, you know, we did do our first test where someone in our team who's just an absolute guru and weapon at sales, um, he did a course on sales and webinars and all the emails came from him and he did all the teaching and, um, that was a really good experiment and it it went well. So I think, yes, um, yes, you have to be careful. I agree because, um, I definitely don't want to be known as a, a guru and yeah, I am, you know, around Instagram stuff, but I, you know, and I openly you know, admit that, you know, I think I'm one of the best in the world when it comes to growing and utilizing Instagram as a tool for traffic. But, um, as time goes on, it will be less and less about me. Yes. I'm the leader of the company. Mm-hmm. I try to see it as, Richard Branson with Virgin mm-hmm. or Steve Jobs with Apple. Um, you, at the end of the day, um, yes, you know, you listen to the podcast, you hear me, um, that's a part of it. Yes, that Instagram course that we have, that is a part of it. You do buy me when you buy that course, but everything else, the magazine, the blogs, you know, all the future courses that we're working on and everything else, you're not buying me, you're buying founder. And I think um, as long as I keep doing that, um, we will be fine. It's not a, you know, it's not a personal brand-based business. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that's smart. You know, the, you know, the, the the company that comes to mind for me and who I I compare with the path you're taking to is uh, Mind Valley and Vision Lakiani. Yeah, hundred percent. Or Digital Marketer. Yep. I think I think those two are great examples of what you can do building, you know, a, a hybrid media slash educational company yes ag- ag- agreed agreed and i think you know to to that point um it allows you to to scale far better than it does when it is purely a personal brand because I, you know i've been in that position of running a personal brand-based business for many years and it, it's difficult to be able to hand the hand the reins over and say, okay, you create this training or you create that training for me and to bring in other experts. So, um, and the reason I'm going into this is I know it's, it's a question so many, uh, especially digital entrepreneurs kind of struggle with as they're starting companies, particularly in the information marketing and education space. So I was interested to see where you're going with that. And I, and I think your approach is, is the right approach because, it allows you to to scale and to create an to create an asset that is sellable if you ever so wanted to exit one day because um, there's no asset or it's a difficult asset to transition when it's your name uh, behind all of the goodwill if you will so fascinating so all right so we've got um, we've covered the brand driven stuff now. I'm interested to talk about how you um, how you've created this magazine and how that magazine then generates leads that you can because you've created a community, correct? So you've got this yeah, subscription yeah, based platform. Yeah. So when somebody subscribes to the magazine, let's say on iTunes, now uh, if I understand correctly, you don't get their email address. Is that correct? We get a very very small portion. It's pretty savage man yeah um, it, yeah it's like someone subscribes and they get a pop-up saying do you want to share your details with the publisher <laughs> and only like 20 30 percent tops take it up wow wow that's interesting okay so um so now you've got this other 70 percent that are sitting out there consuming your content how are you engaging them and capturing their info 
So we have full-page ads in the magazine now um, for certain sort of lead magnets mm-hmm. here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, then also, um, to be honest, our biggest – with the magazine, the magazine is is the face of the business. The magazine is the brand builder. The magazine is the influence-building tool. The magazine is the piece that allows us to get these ambassadors and rock stars of you know the market that we serve – and the influences of the market that we serve to be on the front covers of the magazine to tell their story, to extract you know amazing insights and advice from them, but uh, also to use the use them as the positioning on the front covers to to get people to check out the brand, go to our website, and start exploring and seeing what we're all about. Um, so, in terms of lead generation. Our strongest lead generation source is Instagram by far, and our strongest lead generation like way to, to get people into our funnels or sales process is through landing pages. Right. Okay. So when you say your strongest lead generation, you've got this magazine, but you're generating the leads through other platforms, capturing Correct. their information, and then are you then driving the majority of your subscriptions from the leads you're capturing? No. So it really depends. It depends where people are at and depends on the funnel that someone goes down. Mm -hmm. Most of the subscriptions that come from the magazine are either from Instagram, from word of mouth, from the website. But I, you know, one of the strongest is app store SEO. And that's, you know, before that's what I, you know, have been mastering and working on as soon as I started the magazine, like I was like, I don't have any money. I'm bootstrapping this thing. It cost me $2,000 $2, to start. And I was like, oh, I don't know ads. Um, I tried ads and I was paying for like, you know, in terms of acquisition to get app downloads, I was paying like, you know, $4 uh, at install, which was, you know, it's really rough, you know, yeah. it's really competitive. And I was like, okay, what's the lowest hanging fruit? And it turned out it was App Store SEO. So um, that's the strongest source. Uh, that's that's one of the strongest sources where if anyone types in Entrepreneur Magazine, Fast Company, Forbes, Fortune, Founder comes up. And we've you know done a really good job, I believe, of of um, you know attracting people to the magazine from App Store SEO. But um, no, the goal more than anything is is um, to use the magazine as as a great brand builder um, and to to generate the interviews, get the great content out there. But um, yeah, we don't push that hard to the magazine, to be honest. Right, and so for all the listeners here, I want to highlight something that Nathan just said: is creating the magazine. Obviously, that's a lead generation source, but it's also a huge brand builder and uh, having that having a magazine and a presence like that uh, you know I, I think adds a whole new element and level of credibility and uh, you know what, what's fascinating I find now Nathan is the fact that you know uh, a guy can go out who at the time you were working in in IT support for a travel company right mm-hmm. and for two thousand dollars you launched your own digital magazine which in this day and age, when somebody's flipping through the app store looking at magazines, puts you on a perceived level of other big companies that have magazines in there. So yeah, it, 100%. it gives you this instant credibility. And uh, so for the listeners, you know, there's a huge, uh, a, a huge asset here that um, an opportunity that you can take advantage of. Because when I go through the 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 app store and I look at the different magazines and stuff that out there, I still see so many niches where there's absolutely zero presence uh, as far as magazines go. Once you get into some of the different niches, and I think this represents a huge opportunity for people to start building credibility. And then, you know, something that I love that you've done is you've used that to now connect with other authorities that play a massive role in in enhancing the credibility of the magazine. So now let's shift gears a little bit here and let's talk about that because you've had some incredible guests, absolutely amazing guests, right? So how did you, I mean, when you're first starting out, how did you attract people to the magazine to be interviewed and to take part? Yeah. So look, I want to be really clear, um, Derek, you got it on point, man. 
but please understand, I worked all this stuff out along the way. I was lucky that I said I didn't want to build the Nathan Chan brand. I just created founder and I just kind of fell into this kind of asset-based business. I didn't even know the difference between an asset-based business and a cash flow-based business. And then about a year in, I said, okay, well, I've got a magazine called Founder. I need to decide whether I'm going to build an asset-based business or a cash flow-based business. And I chose asset and the kind of rest is history. So <laughs> I just want to be really, really clear. I, throughout this whole process, I've not known what I've been doing. I've just kind of worked it out along the way. And and you're making me sound really good, man. So I just want to be... <laughs> I just want to be very transparent with your audience that I am working out all of this stuff along the way. And yes, you're right. I am, you know, uh, some of these things I am doing, I think is a good move. I think it's a wise move. I think from a strategy standpoint, it is good, but um, working out along the way. So same with, you know, starting the magazine, had no idea about it. It'd be a, uh, you know, a tool for influence, calling it founder and having a magazine, no idea there'd be an asset-based business, not a personal brand, not Nathan Chan. Plus, um, I try to be as humble as possible. I, you know, that's just who I am. And then, um, then the third piece around utilizing influencers and using it to build the brand. Didn't know, but worked it out along the way. And I think the to answer your question, um, We've wrote an in-depth blog post, 5,000 word plus, on our whole exact process of how we get interviews with Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, Ariana Huffington, Barbara Corcoran, you name it. If you go to foundermag, F-O-U-N-D-R-M-A-G.com forward slash get interviews, because we do get asked this question quite a lot. We've just given out our whole process. Um, you can you know go and check out that blog post. Um, but to answer your question in the early days, um, it was it was really rough, Derek. If you look at the first issue of the magazine, I didn't even have a successful person on the front cover. I had a stock image. And that is because <laughs> no one would get back to me. And it was really, really, really rough. And I struggled big time. Um, but as time went on, um, I was lucky enough uh, to get an interview with uh, Richard Branson and have him on the front cover of issue number eight. And that was a big turning point for us. And I learned a lot of critical lessons around what we did with that issue um, for the Richard Branson issue. I can talk to you more about that if you want to delve into that. But um, yeah, the way that we do it is one, we have a magazine, which is powerful. Two, we contact people when they're looking for press, which is, you know, if people are looking for press, you know, um, they're, they're promoting a book or, you know, they're promoting a new TV show or you name it, um, then they're more likely to do press stuff. Um, and then we find the correct person, so the gatekeeper, whether that's a PR agency or whether that's, you know, this person's assistant or that person's head of PR, we find them and uh, we make phone calls or hassle them or whatever. You know, I just literally just got off the phone last night with um, Richard Branson's uh, head of PR because I, I have a few requests or some things that I'm trying to work with those guys on. I don't know if they'll say yes. I don't know if he'll say yes, but, you know, I'm asking and I'm getting on the phone. If people don't write back to me on email, I'm going to get on the phone, man. And that's a key takeaway I want people to have. Um, very, very key. There's a reason people have their phone number in their email signature. Um, call them. <laughs> uh, so... I hope that answers your question. That, and absolutely it does. And and one of the points I want to I want to go back to here because it's awesome. Your first issue, you said you didn't even have a successful person on the cover. You had a stock image. And that is classic tenacious entrepreneur that is going to find a way. And this goes back to, you know, I've heard people say it before. When you're first getting started, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it a little bit, right? To get it mm -hmm. off the ground. And that's exactly what you did and got the momentum going. I know so many people that would have said, oh, I can't get an interview. I'm done, right? So, mm. you know, I, I love that. And, uh, and, I mean, your track record speaks for itself. And I think what we'll do is is I'll include the link in the show notes that you just gave us for that uh, process for getting interviews. Um, because just about in any niche imaginable, you can find experts, you can find people that are already influencers. And if you can find ways to connect with them and uh, interview them and leverage their brand in your business, that can be a, a, a massive turning point. And so you said 
you could talk a little bit about how you used Richard Branson and how that that worked for you. You want to go down that rabbit hole a little bit? Yeah, sure thing. I think it, it's, a, it's a great lesson that I learned, Derek. Um, and it was that uh, you should give away your best stuff for free, <laughs> um, especially in the online space. Even yeah. even in the physical product space, I think um, it works as well. I, I haven't tried it, and I will be testing it with a new project we're working on. But, um, yeah, I, I think give away your best stuff for free. Don't be afraid to give it away um, because that's what we did with the Richard Branson issue. And it's been one of – you know, you talk about lead generation sources, you know, um, you know, you know, that, that free Richard Branson issue has been downloaded 50,000 times. And it's just, we send people the, the PDF digital version. Um, you know, how's that? You know, 50,000 wow. times, man. Um, by 50,000 people, you know, you could fill a stadium with 50,000 yeah, yeah, people. Totally. Like, yeah, and that's only, you know, a, a small percentage of people on our email database. So um, here's the thing, right? Derek, I think a lot of people, you know, especially when it comes to their best stuff, they want to hold on to it. They want to charge for it. And I'm, and I encourage you to charge for your best stuff, but wherever you can try and give some sort of teaser around your core product that is just so good that you could charge for it. Because if you can do that and it is so good, people are going to forward that to their friends. Mm -hmm. People are going to speak about it. And not only that, the people that do download it, the people that do experience it, whether it's physical or digital, if it is that good that you could usually charge for it, you're going to build tremendous amounts of trust. Mm -hmm. And people buy, whether it is a personal brand or whether it is a business brand like Founder, people buy from businesses or people that they know, like, and trust. And that's what we did when I got that Branson uh, feature. So not only did I push people to a landing page if, you know, they stumbled across it, but I also pushed uh, – we also give away that issue for free in the magazine. And um, one thing I want to do is I wanted to – I actually want to do – we're going down exploring print now. It's so funny. We're, go, we're going full circle, man, and uh, we're doing this print book. And uh, I, I – I'll, yeah, we – that's, uh, you didn't ask me these questions, so I could, I, if you want to delve deep on this print stuff, we can later. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I definitely want to know more about this project. And I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that one. Um, and uh, so just back to your piece of advice there, giving away your best stuff is, is fantastic advice. And I think the results have spoken for themselves with 50,000 people. And you know, it's funny because... It, when you quantify that, here's the problem with the online world. We talk such big numbers. Ah, oh, yeah, 50,000 people, right? Mm. But it's not until you really put it into context that that's like a stadium full. <laughs> yeah, <I> know, <laughs> you know, it's like, crazy. Well, you know, all of a sudden, you visualize a stadium and go, holy crap, that really works, right? So, And these are real people. Real, real people. Real human beings. <laughs> They're not a number. There's not like – I think some people get – and I might – you know, on, to honest to God – my, me, myself included, sometimes you get caught up in the numbers. You, you forget mm -hmm. that these are real people like me or you. That, and that's it. Tr totally. And that's, that is a, one of the downsides of a digital business is you don't have that physical, that human contact as much, right? So sometimes mm. that's why I like to go out and speak at live events. I'm like, wow, there's real people out here. Um, it adds an element of, of realness to it. So let, let's shift gears now and let's dive into Instagram because you've been crushing it on Instagram. And uh, I mean, you've got a somewhat different strategy in some cases than what I've seen. And uh, so let's, let's start at the beginning of, you know, what attract, why Instagram? What, what drew you there initially? Yeah, so... Um Pretty much, I built up the business. It took me about a year to replace my income and leave my day job. We didn't have any social media presence. So this is exactly two years ago. Well, yeah, two and a half years ago. We didn't have any. We didn't have any social media presence. We just launched a new version of the site that went away from a basic landing page to keep Apple happy to actually having a blog and a few other <laughs> bits and pieces. And I was like, okay, well, let's grow this thing. Um, how are we going to grow this thing? And I was trying all sorts of things, guest posting, blogging on our own site, Facebook, Facebook ads, Twitter, um, 
all sorts of things to grow the magazine, buying, you know, pay, pay traffic. You know, I talked about, you know, how much we were paying for install, app installs. Um, you know, we were doing great with App Store SEO, but you can only get so far, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was just like, okay, well, you know, what about Instagram? Um, we had an we had an Instagram account and had like a hundred followers. Hadn't opened it up in about a year. And what happened was um, I was getting an intern because I couldn't afford to hire anyone. So I was getting an intern <laughs> intern to, to do some uh, work with me, just to help with some marketing stuff. And um, before, before that intern started, the day before, I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to open up our Instagram account and just see what's happening there. I was actually, to be honest with you, Derek, quite intimidated by the platform. Didn't really understand how it worked. And we had like, you know, maybe 10 photos on there. No, maybe about 30 photos because I had 30, 40 photos because I did have um, a, another friend who, who was just doing a little bit of pro bono social media stuff to try and get a job. And uh, so he did do a couple – he did do a few posts on there and stuff. And um, so we had, a, you know, maybe 100 or so followers. And I did have another friend. This is the actual friend that helped me came up with the name founder without the E, my friend Jake. He's an entrepreneur and he, he's from my area um, that I live in, and, um, uh, and which you would know because I know you know Melbourne. And, uh, yeah, he um, he was crushing it on Instagram in the health and wellness space. So he was, he was creating, uh, you know, physical products, selling, um, you know, superfoods and, and all sorts of things. And long story short, um, he said to me, you know, Instagram would never work for you, Nathan. It's, it's, uh, it's only for people in the health space. And I said, okay, I'll take that, you know, and, and it does look like that. <laughs> yeah. It does look like, you know, health and beauty and fashion, really, that's all it looks like. Yeah. And, um, you know, I said, okay, but if hypothetically, if I were to try and grow, like you get traction on Instagram, what would you say I'd do? And he told me, you know, um, you know, post some images, utilize hashtags, um, you know, do a bit of targeted following and, um, you know, pay for shout outs. And those were some things that he told me. And I did a couple, I, I tested the shout outs piece. It didn't work um, when I tried it. And there's a reason for that. And I can tell you about that if you'd like to know. But um, I did a few things around the hashtags and, you know, did a couple of posts and, crazily enough i saw after like two or three posts that night before the intern started the day before the intern started our google analytics spike and we made an extra you know hundred dollars or 150 dollars and i was just like wow (laughs) we're onto something here and with that i took that and i just absolutely battle tested the absolute crap out of the platform, <laughs> measured, tested, built measure scale, built measure scale, and test measure scale. What I don't know what the frame framework is from the lean startup, but um, build measure learn. But just did that over and over and over until we built this machine that um, has been a massive, massive uh, lead generator, but also. Uh, way to spread the brand, like incredible. Like we're closing in on close to a million followers. We will be there hopefully by the end of this year. Um, and yeah, it, even if like, you know, just forget about, you know, how many leads we've generated um, or, or dollars or whatever, just people hearing about the brand, they probably don't even know or they always say, you know, oh yeah, I think I've heard of it. Oh yeah, I've seen you guys around and it probably might, might have started on Instagram because we have, you know, out of this 400 million, 500 million um, accounts on Instagram, active accounts, users, monthly users, and we're in the top, you know, 6,000 in the world and wow. we've built that in two years. So we have quite a large account. Um, you know, the top accounts are like Kim Kardashian, Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, mm-hmm. um, so we've built that and um, it's been, you know, we have one of the largest business-related, startup-related um, accounts on Instagram, more than, you know, Fast Company, Entrepreneur or, you know, other traditional magazines in this space as well. So it's been an incredible, incredible um, way to just spread the word of the brand, not only just, you know, generate leads, but just actually really make a massive impact. 
Awesome. And, and I mean, I've been following you on Instagram for a long time. And so some specific questions for you. So you create this Instagram account, you know, if somebody's starting out today, um, now, actually, let me take a step back. One of the things that I've definitely noticed about your Instagram account is it's 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 all brand based, and typically it's it's image based quote stuff like that, motivationals with a founder brand on it, and then yep. interspersed with the odd, uh, you know, say promotion for your podcast or, or something like that. Now, yep. promotion for the magazine, all the videos, promotion for lead magnets, yeah, yeah, and and so. Not really the t- the typical what we expect on Instagram, you know the the you know the the product shots or the the health guys or the you know the the celebrity stuff, right? Um, it's it's a very different approach. And one of the things I found interesting is as I was scrolling through, I'm like, there's not really any Nathan in here. It doesn't have a. It's not per. There, there's no person in there per se. Now, what's your what's your reasoning behind that? Now, I understand it's the founder brand, but there's no Nathan in there. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, to be honest, Derek, we should actually have more behind-the-scenes photos of myself and the team. Yeah. Now – I did talk to you at the start about how I have this obsession around not wanting to make the brand around me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I probably wouldn't want to post a photo of myself, yep. but I'd be more than happy to post a photo of me and the team. And we have done that. Uh, it is very rare because we do post so often. Yeah. Um, but we do do that very, very rarely. And I think we should do it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer your question, I'm, I'm glad you raised it because it is something that's been on my mind that we should post more just to humanize the brand a little more. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad you raised that because I'm literally writing it down now. But the reason that we post the content that we do post is because it's what our audience loves yep. and it's easily to be shared. And yes. people love to share it and it allows us to grow tremendously fast. Um, and it allows us to tr- attract the kind of people that – would be interested in founder yes, because of these pieces of content and they're extremely shareable. But I do agree that in terms of adding some salsa dancing to it, uh, we should humanize <laughs> the brand and spice it up. I have had this thought and it's just one of those things you think about, you think about, you think about. So uh, yeah, we are going to do that. Nice. Um, I think, yeah, I think we should have more photos of people that were featuring the magazine, yep. not and also yeah, we do post, we do a lot of product stuff, no doubt about it. Um, you would see we have the videos constantly going, um, of you know the you know the Tim Ferriss issue with a cool video, the Richard Branson issue with a cool video, Tony Robbins, Ariana Huffington. We do have that a lot, mm-hmm. but I think we should have to definitely have some more shots of within the magazine, and then also of the people who are featured and putting a long caption story in there, and then also of the team and behind the scenes. I think. Um, you're right. That's a really good idea, and we will do that. But um, still, I think you know, 95% of the content should and can be um, just content that people love for growth. Sure. But you can mix it up, and I, I would, I would say that it wouldn't hurt to do one in every 20 or one in every 15 of, mm-hmm. of the humanization point that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And so, right now, with your strategy, you're posting. How many times a day do you post? Six to eight times. Six to eight times. And do you recycle content? Are you reposting the same things? Every now and then. Every now and then, but not always. Mm -hmm. Um, We do have a couple of rules. Um, One rule is I don't want us to be perceived as – because there are – you know, back two years ago, Derek, when we started on Instagram, um, there was none of these kind of motivational quote accounts. Mm -hmm. Now there are so many – like crazy amounts. So because we predominantly post a lot of that stuff, um, we have two rules. One, yes, we can post motivational quotes, but we want to have a big emphasis on startup quotes and startup tips and facts more than anything. And two, if anyone comes to our Instagram page, they will see something around the magazine. Like they will see one of our magazine promotional videos. So Constantly when you're scrolling down, like one out of every nine Mm -hmm. will be something around the magazine so they can see that we are not just your typical motivational quote, whatever account. Mm. That's 
that's a big important piece and then now we're going to add in this humanization part of the brand which is your idea um, which i love <laughs> and that'll be probably one in every 20 and yeah. then the rest is um you know one in every five we usually do a lead magnet with a call to action and we rotate about 15 to 20 different lead magnets and we change the link in our bio mm-hmm. and that usually generates anywhere between 250 to 500 leads per day depending how fresh and how popular that lead magnet is wow okay so and it's for everybody that's listening i just want to point out exactly and explain what nathan just said there so when they create a lead magnet and post it Anybody that's used Instagram already knows that you cannot include links in the image, uh, in the descriptions when you post an image. So change the URL in your profile, uh, and that's that's how they're going to get. That's exactly what you're talking about, correct? Correct. And soon, I'm so excited, Instagram will be doing an update that you can put links in the images. It's going to be game changing, dude. Oh, finally. So when you say links in the images, do you mean in the descriptions below or? Actually on the images, you actually be able to, it's going to be golden. Like we will be able to 10x our conversion, 100x our conversion. It's going to be crazy. I mean, that's been the, that's been the showstopper. Um, yeah. that, that's that, not a showstopper, but that's been the biggest challenge, right? So fantastic. And, and, uh, I, I'm looking any timelines, not sure. I know they're testing it and they announced it uh, literally this week. Gotcha. Now with the video, so you're using video as well. Yes. So where do you find better engagement video or image? <sighs> Depends. Um, I can tell you for a fact that we've been doing a little experiment on posting, reposting just like motivational videos and and bits and pieces and always crediting the source. And that's growing our Facebook page really, really fast. And it's kind of the same thing with Instagram. Um, If you can get a video that really resonates and shares like wildfire, it's not as strong as Facebook, Mm -hmm. but it definitely is strong. I think you need a combination. But more than ever, a great tip for your audience is you can use a tool called inc361.com where you can find and, and run scans on your competitors' accounts and um, you can find the most liked and commented images, and you want to repost that stuff mm. if, yeah, if you can, and just make sure you credit, and that's really, really key. But also, I want to be really, really clear, Derek, for your audience, because I know um, we've got to work towards wrapping up soon, is you don't have to post quotes. If you have an e-commerce-based business and you sell a physical product, don't post quotes. Don't use the strategy we use. We have all sorts of other things that we're doing to utilize Instagram as a massive traffic source and authority builder and reputation builder. But yeah, yeah don't post quotes. It's, it's not on brand. Right. And so somebody with physical products, what should they be posting? Pictures of the products, people using the yeah. products? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, all right. So now, as you said, we are, we're running out of time here. Before we wrap up, though... You are launching a new crowdfunding project. Tell us, yes. uh, tell us about that. Yes, this is something I'm really, really excited about, Derek. Um, it's going to be our best body of work that we've produced thus far, I think. And the reason that is is because we only could have produced it this far down the journey. Um, we've produced thousands and thousands and thousands upon hours worth of content We've interviewed some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation. Um, So why not pull all those pieces of words of wisdom and package it together in a beautifully designed physical coffee table print book? Um, We have the in-house team to be able to produce really great content, not just the content itself, but from a design and experience wise. Um, So that's what we're doing. Uh, We're going to produce, you know, this beautiful 250 page book printed coffee table style um, die cuts um, from on the front cover. It's going to be an amazing experience, and the content is just amazing. Um, it's it's literally distilled down to our best stuff um, in regards to you know from the best in the world, you know, best founders in the world from some of the greatest companies that have changed the world, and you know we've distilled it down to idea validation, team building, hiring, um, you know, marketing, social media, raising capital, you name it. You know, every single section, we've got pieces of gold that we've extracted. And um, yeah, we've been working on it for at least the past eight months uh, to a year on this project. So 
Uh, we're going to crowdfund it. Uh, we're going to see if it's something that people truly want, and we're going to involve the community to bring this project to life. It is a physical product, and I'm really, really pumped about it. And uh, if people want to know more and they want to get the early bird backer deals um, so you can get the, the coffee table book at a super ridiculous, like cheap rate that we won't even really make much money on it to, on it, to be bluntly honest with you, just because we want to bring the project to life more than anything. And this is a branding exercise. Um, you can go to foundermag, F-O-U-N-D-R-M-A-G.com and foundermag.com forward slash book. So F-O-U-N-D-R-M-A-G.com forward slash book. I'd love your support. That is awesome. And, and honestly, I think that sounds like the first coffee table book that I'd actually read. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, I must also say, this is not a traditional coffee table book that you just have sitting there. This is something where the content's like actually amazing and, and you'd want to read it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that is fantastic. And I'll make sure that the links are posted in the show notes. Uh, and uh, I'll be uh, heading over as well to get my copy uh, once we wrap up here. So uh, when's the uh, when's the scheduled date for that to uh, go live? So we go live November 15th. Is that for the crowdfunding or the book? Crowdfunding. So we're crowdfunding ah. the book, man. That's right. Yeah, so you're, crowd, yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're crowdfunding the book. So the book's not ready November 15th. The book's, book's a ways out. Yes. 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 Awesome. Correct. All right. All right. You, yeah. L- love it. And... Uh, and, and Nathan, I just want to say thank you for uh, for sharing so much today. Your your journey has been an inspiration, and uh, I mean, you're you're so humble. But I mean, you've you know you've been deflecting credit, but you've you've done amazing things. And I want to thank you for uh, for so generously sharing your knowledge and wisdom and uh, your journey with our listeners today. Oh, you're welcome, Derek. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's an absolute honor. I really appreciate your time. And, dude, you're an incredible interviewer, so keep up the great work. I uh, really appreciate your questions. It was an awesome conversation, man. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you, Nathan. You're welcome. All right, everyone. That was Nathan Chan, the founder of Founder Magazine. And as always, any of the links that we talked about in this interview will be included in the show notes, along with an entire transcript of this episode. And you will find them all at entrepreneurignited.com forward slash podcast. And uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure you head on over to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast so you can get every future episode automatically delivered. If you're an Android user, you will find us on SoundCloud. And uh, while you're there, leave us a rating, leave us a review if you like what you heard. And now it's time to apply the final essential ingredient to, uh, to making the strategies that Nathan shared with us today actually work for your business. And that is action. So go forth, take action, apply what you've learned and stay tuned for more info-packed episodes of the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast. This is your host, Derek Gale, signing off. Thanks for listening to another info-packed episode of the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast with Derek Gale. For links to all of the resources plus an entire transcript of this episode, go to entrepreneurignited.com slash podcast. Make sure you never miss another episode. Subscribe now on iTunes or SoundCloud.